Hello and welcome back to the Life's Too Serious podcast. It's me, your host, Todd, and I made a podcast for no apparent reason. Um, today, uh, it's, it's going to be more of a relaxed day, I feel like. I, I don't know how long this podcast will be in relation to the others. However, it is just me, myself and I today. So I'm talking to myself, or to you guys who are listening. Um, I looked on my podcast page, whatever you call it, and saw yesterday that there's been a hundred plays. So round of applause! Woo! One hundred plays over four episodes. That is mad. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Today I just wanted to talk about random things random things to do with my life and what I've been doing um I've just come back just had a flight over to Jersey uh the other day as you guys know I don't live in the UK I live in Jersey which is a small island in between England and France and that's pretty cool some of you uh will know me from Jersey some of you will know me from the UK some of you might not even know me at all and you'll be listening for either the first time, or the second, or the fifth, or whatever, and you'll learn more about me. But, anyway, um, I've just flown over the other day, had to have a COVID-19 swab uh, on day one, so had to go through the airport after coming out of um, departures, went for a swab, got a text that evening saying I tested negative, which is good, and then today, went for a day five swab, because at the moment, we have to do a 10-day isolation period. Fun. Anyway, uh, I went for that today, and that was okay. Um, wasn't too bad. There is currently a plane or helicopter, a helicopter going over? Brilliant. Um, sorry, I can, I'm just distracted by it. Yeah, it's it's been not a lot going on in those five days that I've had to isolate. Just been in my house, having food, and and re- not I I should be doing work, uni work, but I've been making Christmas presents for my whole family, and they look they look all right, I think. They look okay. I still have a bit to do on them. So, hopefully I'll get those done. Um, What else has been going on? I've been reading a couple of books. I've read a couple of books recently. And I think I've found them really interesting, personally. I'm not sure if uh, many of you guys would find them interesting. Or, you know, some of you would. Some of you, it might not be your thing. But I think these books are, are brilliant. Um... One of them is called The Little Book of Ikigai. And Ikigai is a Japanese word. Um, It essentially means uh, the reason to live. So, like, it's kind of like pleasures and meanings of life. So, like, reasons to live and go around your, like, daily life. I've only read a little bit of this book, so... 
I'm still getting into it. It's really good though. And I got given it last Christmas. And I just ha- I just haven't found the time to read it. But but I've been on like um recently I've read a bit more about like less um fiction books and more like non-fiction just life in general books about that. So I've been reading more, which is good. It's always good when you uh get back into something that you you know I used to read a lot so as a kid I used to read so much and I don't know what happened I just kind of got out of it so when you get out of the habit of doing something it's quite nice to eventually get back into it saying that I've also in the summer um this year so around in about June I started writing a new book because I also used to love writing so it's good to get back into things, and I've I've got quite far with that book. I <laughs> I find it funny because when I was like thirteen, um, at my school we had authors come in, and one day we had uh, an author called Alex Scarrow come in, and he was uh, he talked to us about his books that he'd been writing. They were on like time travel, and uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember them now. He basically wrote books about um, changing time, time travel, these people who, like, saved the timeline, as it were, and went forward or backwards in time to ensure that the timeline that they were in, the present timeline, was safe. And I found that absolutely amazing that he wrote these. Um, but what makes it even funnier is that he he was originally a games designer and none of his games were getting picked up. So he just decided one day that he would he would change and go into writing books and then he found success in that, which is absolutely amazing. Um and this is kind of like it's it's always interesting to find out like when you're really passionate about something how if if you just like uh, in your job if you if you're not like six getting to the place you want to get to like if you want to achieve success and you're not getting there then sometimes it might sometimes it might not be for you sometimes it might be you need to push a little harder and keep going um and that kind of relates <laughs> back to the book actually that I started reading and Actually, in the book, they say that Ikigai is uh, is possible without being successful in your professional life. So it, it can result in success. And this is a direct quote from the book. But success is not a requisite condition of having Ikigai. So you can find your purpose and reason to live without being successful and I always think that that's something that um, people might lose their like this is brilliant everyone's slamming doors into this house sorry I just hear shouting and door slamming um yeah so uh, what was I saying oh yeah being successful so you can find this like meaning of life in, in not being successful you don't have to be successful to um find the reason for your life like um 
it even says again in the book it says that um you can find it in anything and everything like so uh for example you know when you get up in the morning and have like your morning coffee that that is a reason like to keep going you know which is is interesting anyway back to alex scarrow and being an author i yeah so i was what 13 13 12 11 to 13 or something and this this author came in and he was he did like obviously he did a book signing but he just he spoke about his like journey from games designer to book writer and it's very difficult now for me to try and like remember all of it but it was just really interesting to me at the time and i remember going home after that um i hadn't read any of his books and he was kind of he brought like books with him so that he could obviously sell sell them to people who wanted them and he would do a book signing and that was brilliant but the books that he had with him were the second and third in the series or something so I really wanted them and at the time I was like really uh, I I would always ask permission from my parents I would always I'd always say mum dad please can, can I get this like I wouldn't just go Oh, I'm gonna get those books, and and I'll I'll just pay for them because obviously being like 11, I didn't have any money, <laughs> so my parents gave me like pocket money, but um, I like I I texted my mum on my old Nokia, I think. Days of my mum and dad, I was like, please, can I can I get these books? I would I'd really like them, and um, so they did this thing where he so he signed them. And then he, they would be like, on they'd put on the front of the book, because uh, the librarian did this, she put on the front of the book like your name and your year and like your student number if you had one I think. And uh, she kept them in the library until you came and claimed them and she would uh, give you like a week or something. Um, so I was the very last person in the line because I was unsure of whether I could get them or not, because both of my parents were at work and they weren't texting me back. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm actually allowed to get these books. Because they cost like six six quid each, which was quite a lot at the time. And I was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to get these books in the back of the line. And my, my mate was in front of me. Um, My mate JP was in front of me. And he he's really into um writing as well, which is... um. I mean, I think he was probably the same as me, was really inspired by this guy. And um, basically at the very end, he signs my book and I was the last person. And he goes, oh, I always do this for the very last person at each place. And he drew a little Homer in my book. And he was like, only very few people get that Homer. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. But also, like, he wrote obviously a personal message. He was like, to Todd, uh, like whatever from Alex Scarrow I can't remember I've got it in my room here but it's it's in the bookshelf and I just don't don't want to grab it out um so yeah so I went home after that I sat down did my homework and I was just sorry I was so just so inspired to write that 
I wrote this book and like I'm sure some of my close friends remember this <laughs> I wrote this book um is and it took me like I don't know I was writing a couple of pages a day but this was on like A5 and it was handwritten and it was like 63 pages long I wrote this book and I included everyone in my class from it and put their names in it and uh I can't even remember the the book was about like it's like taking down an organization but it was really obviously it was obviously poor like there was no thought into it or anything it was just kind of like it was like a Michael Bay movie just action every second of the of the book like it was interesting though to try and do that to try and write a book and then I, I kept reading um, books alongside and then I, I kept trying to write things and I wrote a, a couple more beginnings to books and um, I, I, I'm trying to remember now I'm trying to picture them so I wrote really uh, a couple of odd ones I can't really remember but there was this other one that I specifically remember I wrote about in year nine or something. So a couple of years later, so probably 15. And it was A4 pages. So I'd moved up. I'd moved up to A4 pages. So I started writing this book and it was based on like a different planet. And it was like gladiatorish era, but on another planet. So it was futuristic gladiators, whatever. I had just read the book. Uh, it's actually in here. What is it? What's it called? What's the book called? Probably like Young Gladiator or something. Ah well, it was a it was a gladiator book. It was a gladiator book. Sorry, I'm just leaning back in my chair and it's going. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a young gla- uh, gladiator book and it was um, it was really interesting. It's obviously I took direct inspiration from it, and then started writing this book. And then. That went nowhere. I don't know where that book is. I've I've usually keep all my books together that I wrote, so I can go back and look at them and see how crap they are. <laughs> but this one was um, slightly different because I actually did drawings for it as well, so that was interesting. Testing my art skills. Look back at the drawings, and they're not brilliant <laughs> either. <laughs> but. I mean, you know, they weren't going to be amazing quality, but, you know, it was, it was always a good place to start. And uh, following on from that, I, I wrote, <laughs> again, I wrote another one. I wrote another one um, when I, my dad gave me his old iPad. So I used that in the morning and I, I wrote on the way to school and uh, I continued writing on the way home. And I wrote this, this book. I can't remember how many pages long it was. But it was really interesting to me, and I thought I had a really good plot line, and then um, I just abandoned it. And I'm I'm trying to like think of uh, what happened to that <laughs> to that book. I think I've got it on my notes somewhere. It was basically this like love story set in the future, and then. Essentially, if I say that my the book that I was writing, I had the storyline planned out and I'd 
actually mind mapped the story the year before and I'd been like I really want to write a story about this happening and the next thing is as I'm writing this book the a film comes out and the film <laughs> the film was The Fault in Our Stars and essentially after watching that film I I I <laughs> someone I think I I posted my like book or something on my own Facebook and someone said this is essentially the fault in our stars and I was kind of annoyed that I didn't um that I I didn't start writing it sooner because um they basically after that film came out I'd kind of lost interest in it because it had already been done then I mean obviously it had probably been done before that as well but like different characters different setting um but that was like the whole the whole story kind of was the same as my story and I was like oh oh wow that's really interesting but my story was obviously set different different place different time um but was you know same basically same storyline anyway so I gave up on that one and went on to another one and the other one (laughs) I wrote so many the other one was like um what got me into games art actually so i took like inspiration from like assassin's creed and um this book called fahrenheit ah what was it fahrenheit 521 or something uh good book good book fahrenheit 451 like a dystopian uh book set in the future where firefight fire fighters burn books for some reason i can't remember but i read that book when i was about uh 16 and i can't remember it now all i remember is that it was a really good book (laughs) which is interesting because i can't remember it but yeah so so i started writing another book again a4 handwritten got quite far into it don't know where it is now I think it's in I think I know where it is should be in the same place as the others um so that kind of got me on a a trail to continue my writing and then I went into a level I just abandoned my writing um decided that I wanted to go into games art uh, because of because of writing that book, actually, I, when whilst writing that book, I was trying to think of, like, I was thinking of all the scenes, trying to describe all the scenes, and then realised that I really want to, not, um, produce this visual in your head, but actually produce the visual, and show it and display it instead of just trying trying to like, describe it to you. So then I decided that I I kind of wanted to be a games artist. So then I abandoned my writing, and what's it been? Uh, 17, 18, 19, 20. Four years since I wrote, I've written any book or started writing a book or anything. So I left it for four years. And during the summer, I came back to writing a new book, which uh, I won't talk about a lot, but I've got seven chapters in. It's probably the furthest I've gotten with any book. 
but it's been on hold for a little while because of my uni work and it's difficult now because I'm in third year and I really want to do my uni work to a really high standard obviously um I want to produce good work and it comes back to do I do I still want to write as a hobby or do I want to do um, more writing and make it try and produce this book and try try and continue writing as fast as I can as much as I can so that I can then get it out there get like review like people peer reviews and then make it better and then continue make like writing it and you know it's a long process so trying to write my book alongside doing uni work and alongside a lot of other things that I want to do in my spare time which is uh as my partner always says she says your hobbies and my hobbies are very different because all her hobbies are very entwined intertwined intertwined with her um focus of her studying whereas mine are kind of they're not always um they don't always fit hand in hand together all my hobbies so they have to be done at like very different times when i feel like i want to do them and stuff so anyway keep rambling on so yeah that's really really interesting so that um i'm on chapter seven um so far i think i've been telling the story well hopefully um my family have read it uh, up to chapter five and from what i can gather from them it seems like it's going well and i gave it to um my friend's dad because he reviews um he has he has a friend who writes and he reviews them so he reviewed my work and said it's it's very good um few he corrected my work gave me a few corrections to do and he said it's brilliant otherwise so you know it's always it's always going to be there as like a side thing to do and yeah i don't think i'll um stop writing because after stopping writing for four years i then picked it back up and found that i really enjoyed it so it's, it's difficult so it's, it's finding something that you know going back to what i said at the beginning going back to small small things that you do that give you pleasure and meaning to life so like for me having like 20 minutes or however long just to sit back and and write something uh write a bit of my book in the day is brilliant alongside that i try to do 20 other things during the day <laughs> it doesn't always work out obviously so then it gets pushed back and back but when you can find that like when you can find that balance of trying to sort them all out so that you do spend time doing things that you want and instead of in your spare time for me just looking at my phone and doing nothing or just literally sitting staring at a wall trying to focus on those things and do the things that I want to do um, is brilliant but obviously I've got to get there because at the moment I just sit and I stare at my wall and 
I think, God, I should be doing something. Then I get annoyed at myself <laughs> for for not doing something. And then I come back to the point of, oh, I should do something then. And then it's a, a big circle, circle of life for me. But yeah, interesting. I've also recently read another book and I got, didn't get given this one. I went out and um, I bought this one. I saw it when I was uh, in in a bookshop. I saw two books that I wanted that day. Um, one was a graphic novel, so it was The Witcher, but um, the like graphic novel version, which was sick. And next to it, or not, was it? No, it was like uh, on the side there was a book, and. Um, my partner pointed it out to me and said, look at this. And I said, wow, that book looks good. Six quid. Brilliant, I'll buy it. And it is called A Monk's Guide to a Clean House and Mind. And I think this book, after reading it, there's not a lot of pages. There's 120-something pages. After reading it, I think it was one of the best books that I've read um, just because it's throughout the whole book it's, it's basically about this you know it, to have a clean mind you have to have a clean house and like do all these things but it's not pushing you to do any of these things the the whole thing is that it's written by a monk and he talks about what he does in his daily life and it's just so interesting to see the like the difference in how he goes about his life in comparison to how I would go about mine. So, for example, um, he says in the book, get up when you wake up, open your windows to get in as much air as possible. And, um, and he says that he cleans in the morning. They clean at the temple in the morning. Morning. And they spend most of the day cleaning. And he says, when you wake up, you should you should clean. And try to do it every day. For me, that's... Um, I wouldn't say that I won't do it. I, I, I will definitely try to do it. I think I struggle to I have that mentality of getting up and cleaning immediately. Um, just because I, I'm not... At that moment when I wake up, I'm not in the mindset to go about and like clean the house or anything. And also, I live in a house with three other people, so I don't want to like, you know, get a hoover out and start like hoovering at 8 a.m. in the morning when they're all trying to sleep. Um, but yeah, so um, I do wake up and open my windows, obviously. That's something that I did start doing because, I mean, my my mum's always done that she always says when when you wake up open your windows get all the fresh air in so when i was when i went to uni on my own i didn't really do that but it makes a lot of sense actually doing that because get all the fresh air in get all the old air out and then you kind of um get used to it as it comes in there's also a really interesting quote that he says in the book that um i'll just try and find really quick and if i can't find it then fair enough uh, let me just do, 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 do. 
Ah, here we go. I found it. Air things out. So, what? So this is what he says. One must do before cleaning is to open the windows to allow the fresh air in. They do this at the temple to purify the air and let the crisp morning breeze in. And uh, basically he says, without the adjustments made by humans, a house would be covered in dust and its structure would weather. And the whole thing is that um, trying to maintain balance. And he says here, maintaining a balance with the raw forces of nature. Um, you looking, so he's talking about looking after, after the home, after your home. And he says, humans are primarily weak creatures who cannot survive long without shelter against the elements. This is why we must make adjustments to the environment we live in. So open a window and interact with nature. Become aware that you are too weak to live in the same environment as living things in the wild. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's so brilliant because a lot of people would probably... They always think, you know, they always think, oh, we're humans, we're above nature, you know, we can do what we want. And I think that what he said is absolutely correct. We're too weak um, to even, like, live in nature and amongst nature. Obviously, some people do, and they're, you know, I would, I would completely, you know, good job to them. They're doing amazing. They're much stronger than I am. I don't, I don't live in nature. I live in a house that's warm, has heating. You know, there's people who live outside, sleep outside, under stars and wherever. Fair enough. You've done a good job. And then other other people might say like, oh well, yeah, but we've, you know, we've clearly developed houses because because we're smart and we're further along the evolutionary chain than any other animal so we're using our brain and then making shelter for ourselves to live and i would say well yeah but also still shows we're too weak to live in nature because every other animal is managing to do it yet we're not makes you think anyway that's a really good book I thought it was brilliant, and um, basically, the whole book, I don't want to sum it up, but I will sum it up. I don't want to, but I will. It's basically about reducing clutter ex and excess possessions, and it's like, reuse as much as you can, uh, reduce the amount you use, and trying to get into like a habit of doing certain things in a certain order um, in your day so that you can be as productive as you can be. And, like, so reusing as much as you can. Like, for example, they say the excess water from our shower we use in the in, for the gardens and the flowers. And I find that... Um, I find it really f funny and coincidental because my... My granddad used to do that. He actually, um, he connected his, I can't really remember quite what, quite exactly what happened. 
but I believe that he connected his bath up to his um flower uh, the the garden he connected like the garden up to his bath so that when he drained the excess bath water it would go into the garden and would water the plants and I think that's absolutely you know exactly what you should do um it's difficult for for obviously it's difficult in situations where you can't do it and like in future when I'm able to eventually when I have my own house that is an aim of mine is to have a house eventually not sure if I ever will but eventually hopefully I do and one of my aims is to do that exactly thing exactly that blah blah is to get <laughs> firstly one of my goals is to be able to speak but the the one of the goals for if I ever get a house is to yeah reuse the water as much as possible around the garden if I have a garden <laughs> um, you know there's a lot of ifs um but yeah that's something that I think is fascinating and also I've always been fascinated with um you know doing all these things that incorporate your life into uh, nature and you know all the living things around you I've always been interested in uh, Buddhism for example like which is a lot about um, exploring the things around you understanding that we are part of the world and we're not we shouldn't be above like any anything or anyone and obviously everyone has their own personal view and uh, I, I won't disagree with anyone I will um, say that everyone's everyone's opinion is their own but I think that um, you know we as a like the human race are equal to all the other animals on the planet like like you you might not think so and that's totally fine for you like I won't push my view onto you that's fine you might think oh no we're above like every animal every animal on the planet I would say yeah fair, fair enough um I don't think so I think we're all of equal on this planet which is interesting and it's interesting for me to say that um, because I was a meat eater for eight, 18 years of my life. <laughs> so that's quite, uh, it's funny. And what's uh, interesting about that is I was, uh, I would eat meat for every meal. Um, but what I like slowly came to realise eventually is that I was eating meat less and less and I wanted to I was looking into um a bit more about Buddhism and then this was that like what age was I? Ah uh, fourteen, I think. Fourteen, fifteen. I was looking into Buddhism a lot more and I was like, ah oh, I I don't think I could ever do this because it says that, you know, you can you sh you should be, you should, uh, what, what was it, something, you should be equal to all other <laughs> animals. I can't think, I don't think I'm getting this out right. 
I, it was something about um yeah you shouldn't eat meat but then obviously there's different views on that within buddhism like people uh some buddhists will be fine with eating meat if you offer it to them they will accept it but you know usually they would be vegetarian or vegan or whatever and um yeah basically i was looking into it more and more and then at the time i was like i could never do this i could never go vegetarian i could never do that because i don't eat enough fruit and veg and uh what was it three years later i was like i'm just gonna do it because i want to because that's that's my view and i want to do it and i know where my morals lie with that and i think that it was quite interesting well i i think it was also a thing for me is moving out of moving away from home it was much easier for me to then change to becoming a vegetarian as i am um because i wasn't like i was buying my food I, my mum and dad weren't buying the food for me and i was cooking my own meals so it's much easier rather than trying to introduce it to my parents like when i was about 14. i know that seems like a really weird spiral that i've just gone down from <laughs> um i can't even remember what i was talking about before but it was just sort of something i spiraled off to um just because I was thinking about it, you know. But again, um, basically, I wanted to just say that, you know, don't always think that you have to become really successful to be happy. I know a lot of people say that. I know a lot of people already know that. I know that you probably already know. You don't have to be successful to be happy. Um, you might want to be successful. You might... You know, you might want to be just as successful as can be. And that would make you really happy. But try and find something else in life. Like, it's, it's like setting small goals for yourself. Like, that that is what I find really interesting about Buddhism as well. They don't go out of their way they don't um Buddhists don't go out of the way to achieve like this one end goal where they're successful they obviously they look for enlightenment but they do it in everyday tasks and everyday like small things that they do just like it says in this book it's about finding the pleasures and meanings of life and for me you know i personally I would love to finish my book. I would love to finish writing my book. Um, I'm, I don't, I honestly don't mind if it got published or didn't. I just think it would be a nice achievement to say I've written this book. And that would give me, you know, some pleasure in my life. And I would be like, okay, cool. I've done this. That's something I've done. I've achieved that. One, you know, ticks that off. Amazing. So that's something I'm aiming towards. Other things, obviously, um, studying games art, I want to be a games artist as well, alongside. Um, it might be difficult, but who knows? I don't know. I don't really want to be, like, an insanely well-known games artist, because, to be honest, I'm going to be really honest, 
I don't know any games artists. I could not name you any big games artist names. Becoming a games artist. Yeah, I don't want to be um, incredibly well known. I don't mind if I work at an indie company. I'd quite like to work at an in- indie company rather than somewhere like, you know, Ubisoft or Epic Games. Uh, you know, I think one thing that the one big company that I would like to work for that I would see as like a very, very difficult goal for me to achieve personally would be to work for Nintendo in any way. And I think for me that's like a that's like a massive goal of mine. That's like one of my big goals. Work for Nintendo on anything. But I know that that one is probably one of my biggest goals and not necessarily will happen. So that's why I look at smaller goals rather than that and think, oh, this is a small goal. I might be able to achieve this. And looking at it like that and then also thinking, I found, you know, just doing this has made me happy. Um, like for for me, right again, writing my book makes me happy, very happy with it. And I think also, after I finish this year in uni, because it's my third year, there's a lot of pressure into um somehow getting straight into the industry. Um, and although I know for a fact that I'm told by both my tutors and my parents that you know you won't necessarily get into the industry straight away and don't be worried by it you just need to um do it in your spare time and make it something that is you know get a good portfolio and then you'll get into the industry um for me i i you know that's something i will do if i you know don't get a job in the industry straight away which I highly doubt I will I will most likely have find a job somewhere doing something um and in my spare time in the evenings or whatever when I you know if it's a normal nine to five job or what however long you know in the evenings I would probably come back do some artwork for my portfolio Or, you know, write my book alongside it. And then, you know, it could go different directions. Anyway, basically, I just wanted to rant about that. And how that is really interesting to me. And how these two books, these two books, I would highly recommend reading them if you haven't. Um, This one, the... the, um, A Monk's Guide to a Clean House and a Clean Mind actually five pounds i got it wrong five pounds uh look for it on amazon 100 percent. definitely buy it get it read it it's amazing it's only 100 pages brilliant book highly recommend it this other one uh the little book of ikigai uh 12 pounds well thir- 13 pounds uh, again i would highly recommend this book as well it's uh it's a bit longer not too much, it's about 200 pages, but it's, it's brilliant. And there's a little bit at the back which says, find your own ikigai. 
So, yeah, I think that those are brilliant books to read um, about life and, you know, going about your everyday life in general. Right, I'm going to end it there. Um, I, I hope this, you know, is a good podcast rather than a terrible one. <laughs> now, I hope this, uh, this episode is alright for you guys. Obviously, I haven't got anyone on because it's around Christmas and also I just thought I'd do one of my own um, for once again. I'm also trying to work on my speaking voice as I think it is terrible <laughs> because when I speak, I usually mumble a lot, as you might notice that. Um, so yeah, I'm working on that so that I sound better and more pronunciated, but I, 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 I don't at the moment. Again, don't at the moment. Um, but yeah, so small things on your day-to-day life. Having a cup of tea in the morning might be a little guy for you. Right, I'm going to end it there. See you guys next week. Um, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, go and have a listen. Have a good week. Peace.